Hey guys, uh, remember last week when this happened for my number one? And this one is, again, for melee units. I am so sorry, casters. Uh, next time, if I make another list, I will try to keep you guys more in mind. Yeah, let's remedy that. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Bardic Inquisition. I'm your host, Vince, and today we are going over my top 10 cantrips. Now, keep in mind that for the majority of this list, I will only be using spells found in the Player's Handbook, as well as Elemental Evil Player's Companion, because that one's free. Uh, but let's go ahead and start with an honorable mention. And that honorable mention is Toll the Dead. Coming to us from Xanthar's Guide to Everything, this little necromancy cantrip has a casting time of one action, a range of 60 feet, and only requires verbal and somatic components. Available to clerics, wizards, and warlocks, the spell does the following. <clears throat> You point at one creature you can see within range, and the sound of Dolores bells fills the air around it for a moment. The target must succeed on a wisdom saving throw, or take 1d8 necrotic damage. If the target is missing any of its hit points, it takes instead 1d12 necrotic damage. Now I know that I said I was using mostly spells from the Player's Handbook and Elemental Evil, which is why this is an honorable mention instead of on the actual list. But, this is a pretty good damage spell, especially if you have another party member that just is really good at just plinking out little points of damage here and there. Say, maybe you have a bard and they have Vicious Mockery. Yeah, it doesn't do a whole lot of damage, but it definitely turns on Toll the Dead. But, let us move on to the list proper with my number 10, Spare the Dying. This necromancy cantrip is available to clerics and artificers. It has a casting time of one action, a range of touch, and requires verbal and somatic components. You touch a living creature that has zero hit points. That creature becomes stable. The spell has no effect on undead or constructs. Now, I understand that for a lot of people this might not seem that useful because a lot of times you can just healing word somebody and get them right back up and fighting. But when you're in a pinch, it's just good to have. You can just spare somebody. That way they don't have to be making death saving throws every turn and worry about potentially failing all of them and dying. A bit niche, I'll admit, but it's still good to have. Speaking of good to have, let's move on to my number nine, which is available to warlocks only. You guessed it. Eldritch Blast. Now, I realize that if you are a warlock, this is probably number one on your list. But for everyone else, you either have to have a feat to get it, or you just don't get it at all. And that's why it's number nine instead of being higher. 
But as for the spell's description, this little evocation cantrip has a casting time of one action, a range of 120 feet, verbal and somatic components, and reads as follows. A beam of cackling energy streaks towards a creature within range. Make a ranged spell attack against the target. On a hit, the target takes 1d10 force damage. The spell creates more than one beam when you reach higher levels, two beams at level 5, three beams at 11th level, and four beams at 17th level. You can direct the beams at the same target or at different ones. Make a separate attack roll for each beam. So what's the big deal? It's just a d10 damage. Firebolt does the same thing, right? Well, the big deal here is that A, it's force damage. A lot of things in D&D don't have resistance against force damage. I would argue it's very rare that you'll actually come across things that have resistance to force damage. And then of course, B, you can target different targets with those other beams when you reach higher levels. I mean, it's pretty nice. And then of course, there's C, which is warlocks just get a lot of things that help their Eldritch Blast do more damage or have other effects on their Eldritch Blast. But let's go ahead and move on to a spell that's available for a few more classes, and that is my number eight, Gust. Available to druids, sorcerers, and wizards, this transmutation cantrip has a casting time of one action, a range of 30 feet, requires verbal and somatic components, and reads as the following. You seize the air and compel it to create one of the following effects at a point you can see within range. A. One medium or smaller creature that you choose must succeed on a strength saving throw or be pushed up to five feet away from you. B. You create a small blast of air capable of moving one object that is neither held nor carried and weighs no more than five pounds. The object is pushed up to ten feet away from you. It isn't pushed with enough force to cause damage. Or C, you create a harmless sensory effect using air, such as causing leaves to rustle, wind to slam shutters shut, or clothing to ripple in a breeze. Now, I understand that you won't always find good uses for this cantrip, but it still seems like it could be really good in the right scenario, or it can just be fun in other scenarios. I don't know. I just like it. But on to my number seven with one that you'll probably find a lot of uses for, and that is Ray of Frost. Available to the Sorcerer, the Wizard, and the Artificer, this evocation cantrip has a casting time of one action, a range of 60 feet, requires verbal and somatic components, and reads as follows. A frigid beam of blue-white light streaks towards a creature within range. Make a ranged spell attack against the target. On a hit, it takes 1d8 cold damage, and its speed is reduced by 10 feet until the start of your turn. And of course, this spell's damage increases to 2d8s when you reach 5th level, 3d8s when you reach 11th level, and at 17th level, you're doing 4d8s with this cantrip. Now, I do understand that Firebolt does more damage at a d10, and increasing up to 2d10s, 3d10s, 4d10s as you level up. However, I really, really like the slow effect that the Ray of Frost has, whereas Firebolt just doesn't do that. 
But let's go ahead and move on to number six. Available to clerics, druids, and artificers, we have Guidance. Guidance is a divination cantrip and one of the few that requires concentration. It has a casting time of one action, a range of touch, verbal and somatic components, and has a duration up to one minute. Guidance reads as follows. You touch one willing creature. Once, before the spell ends, the target can roll a d4 and add the number rolled to one ability check of its choice. It can roll the die before or after making the ability check. The spell then ends. Now, this cantrip is debatably really broken. A lot of people consider it one of the better cantrips and one you just never want to leave home without. Now, that being said, this is one of the two spells that Wizards of the Coast changed in the new Expert Classes playtest document. Long story short, they basically just made it a reaction that you can take whenever you see somebody fail an ability check, and they also made it to where a person can only benefit from this guidance cantrip once per long rest. While it is cool that this is now a reaction, this is actually kind of a nerf to keep people from spamming Guidance over and over again outside of combat. But that's enough on Guidance. Let's go ahead and move on to my number 5, which is Mage Hand. Now, Mage Hand is available to a lot of people. It's available to Bard, Sorcerer, Warlock, Wizard, and Artificer. It is a Conjuration cantrip, has a casting time of 1 action, a range of 30 feet, and requires verbal and somatic components. Oh, and it has a duration of 1 minute. Ahem. A spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose within range. The hand lasts for the duration or until you dismiss it as an action. The hand vanishes if it is ever more than 30 feet away from you, or if you cast this spell again. You can use your action to control the hand. You can use the hand to manipulate objects, open unlocked doors or containers, stow or retrieve an item from an open container, or pour the contents out of a vial. You can move the hand up to 30 feet each time you use it. The hand can't attack, activate magic items, or carry more than 10 pounds. Man, if you are a creative player, the list of shenanigans that you can pull off with this cantrip are endless. All it takes is the right situation and a little bitty bit of imagination. But in a similar vein, let's go ahead and move on to my number four, which is Minor Illusion. Available for the Bard, Sorcerer, Warlock, and Wizard, this is an illusion cantrip. It has a casting time of one action, a range of 30 feet, and requires somatic and material components. It also has a duration of one minute. The description reads as such. You create a sound or an image of an object within range that lasts for the duration. The illusion also ends if you dismiss it as an action or cast this spell again. If you create a sound, its volume can be a range from a whisper to a scream. It can be your voice, someone else's voice, a lion's roar, a beating of drums, or any other sound you choose. The sound continues unabated throughout the duration, or you can make discrete sounds at different times before the spell ends. 
If you create an object, such as a chair, muddy footprints, or a small chest, it must be no larger than a five foot cube. The image can't create sound, light, smell, or any other sensory effect. Physical interactions with the image reveals it to be an illusion because things can pass through it. If a creature uses an action to examine the sound or image, that creature can determine that it's an illusion with a successful intelligence investigation check against your spell save DC. If a creature discerns that the illusion is what it is, the illusion becomes faint to that creature. Oh boy, that's a very long-winded cantrip. But basically, it boils down to this. You can make an image or sound, it doesn't create any other effects, and the enemy can make a check to see if they know if it's real or not. Once again, just like with Mage Hand, if you are a creative player, this spell can do so many things for you in the right circumstances. Maybe you're running from the guard, and you duck down a narrow alleyway, and you put up an illusory wall that kind of just looks like the rest of the, the wall in front of it, and the guards just run right past, you know? There's just so many things that you can kind of do with this cantrip, and it's all just, what can you imagine doing with it? it it's great. It's a great cantrip. I love this spell so much. But moving on into what is now the top three with my number three the one the only the bard exclusive vicious mockery can you tell i'm a little biased i mean this is the bardic inquisition is it not but let's get on to that spell description shall we vicious mockery enchantment cantrip casting time one action range of 60 feet Components, only verbal. It has an instantaneous duration and reads as follows. You unleash a string of insults laced with subtle enchantments at a creature you can see within range. If the target can hear you, though it need not understand you, it must succeed on a wisdom saving throw or take 1d4 psychic damage and have disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its next turn. First of all, I do like the spell for the fact that it gives disadvantage to the enemy and does a little bit of damage, but I think the main reason that I really, really love this spell is it is a role player's best friend. If you really, really like to role play, you can just spend so much time sitting down thinking of insults to just throw at your enemies every single time that you cast the spell because that's that's part of the spell now if you don't have insults to throw on you could just say hey i'm casting vicious mockery and that's fine but if you really like to role play this is a great opportunity to just kind of like play out your character a little bit in combat be silly and, and witty and and just throw out these these bites at your enemy uh it's a really fun spell i i love it a lot but let's go ahead and move on to one that is both uh, really good and really fun, but also it's actually good in combat. This is Thorn Whip at my number two. Thorn Whip is a transmutation cantrip. It is available to druids and artificers and has a casting time of one action. It has a range of 30 feet, verbal, somatic, and material components, and an instantaneous duration. <clears throat> you create a long, vine-like whip, 
covered in thorns that lashes out at your command towards a creature in range. Make a melee spell attack against the target. If the attack hits, the creature takes 1d6 piercing damage. And if that creature is large or smaller, you pull that creature up to 10 feet closer to you. The spell's damage increases by 1d6 when you reach level 5, 2 when you reach 11th level, and 3 when you reach 17th level. But, like all of my favorite cantrips, we are not choosing this cantrip for the damage. What we are choosing this cantrip for, however, is the forced movement specifically towards you. Now, I understand that if you were a druid who is more of a caster, stay back and heal kind of druid, then you probably don't want this cantrip. However, if you happen to be more of a moon druid, for example, you really do want this cantrip because you can just thorn whip somebody closer to you and then wild shape into some kind of giant animal and then tear your enemy to bits if they try to run away from you. This is also a great cantrip to pick up if you're, say, a fighter who is a variant human and you just want a couple of spells to help you out, this is a great one to pick. You can bring your enemies closer to you and just kind of wail on them, you know, like a good frontliner does. And as a minor bonus, you get to feel like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat. Get over here! Kudos to you if your character says that every time you cast the spell. <laughs> and now it's time to move on to my number one, which I kind of cheated and picked three... But you'll understand why, because they're all very similar. And that is Thaumaturgy, Prestidigitation, and Druidcraft. Starting off with Druidcraft, this one is only available to Druids currently, and is a transmutation cantrip. It has a casting time of one action, a range of 30 feet, and requires verbal and somatic components, and has of course an instantaneous duration. Whispering to the spirits of nature, you create one of the following effects within range. A. You create a tiny, harmless sensory effect that predicts what the weather will be like in your location for the next 24 hours. The effect might manifest as a golden orb for clear skies, a cloud for rain, falling snowflakes for snow, and so on. The effect persists for one round. B. You instantly make a flower blossom, a seed pop open, or a leaf bud bloom. C. You create an instantaneous, harmless sensory effect, such as falling leaves, a puff of wind, a sound of a small animal, or a faint odor of a skunk. The effect must fill a 5-foot cube. Or D. You create a light, or snuff out a candle, a torch, or a small campfire. As for prestidigitation... This one is a transmutation cantrip available for bards, sorcerers, warlocks, wizards, or artificers. It has a casting time of one action, a range of 10 feet, and requires verbal and somatic components, but the duration for this one is one hour. This spell is a minor magical trick that novice spellcasters use for practice. You create one of the following magical effects within range. A. You create an instantaneous, harmless sensory effect, such as a shower of sparks, a puff of wind, faint musical notes, or an odd odor. B. You create light or snuff out a candle, torch, or small campfire. C. You instantaneously clean or soil an object no longer than one cubic foot. D. 
You chill, warm, or flavor up to one cubic foot of non-living material for one hour. E. You make a color, small mark, or symbol appear on an object or a surface for one hour. Or F. You create a non-magical trinket or an illusory image that can fit in your hand and lasts until the end of your next turn. If you cast this spell multiple times, you can have up to three of its non-instantaneous effects active at one time, and you can dismiss such an effect as an action. And finally, for clerics only, there's Thaumaturgy, which is a transmutation cantrip with a casting time of one action, a range of 30 feet, verbal components only, and a duration of one minute. You manifest a minor wonder, a sign of supernatural power within range. You create one of the following magical effects within range. A. Your voice booms up to three times as loud as normal for one minute. B. You cause flames to flicker, brighten, dim, or change color for one minute. C. You cause harmless tremors in the ground for one minute. D. You create an instantaneous sound that originates from a point of your choice within range, such as a rumble of thunder, cry of a raven, or ominous whispers. E. You instantly cause an unlocked door or window to fly open or slam shut. Or F. You alter the appearance of your eyes for one minute. If you cast this spell multiple times, you can have up to three of its one-minute effects active at a time, and you can dismiss such effects as an action. Boy oh boy, those were long descriptions. But you can probably see why I like these spells so much, and that's because they all come with a plethora of options. Now, most of the time you won't find much use for these in combat, but if you're creative enough and your DM is cool with you using these for things like maybe aiding an intimidation check, for example, uh, you can do a lot with these, and these are actually pretty great to have. But that is it for my top 10 this week. I hope that I uh, redeemed myself for last week, Spellcasters. Once again, I'm sorry about that, but hey, hopefully I made it up to you. Let's go ahead and move on to the outro so we can get you guys out of here. All right, guys, that is going to do it for this week. Again, thank you very much for listening. And if you have any questions, make sure you send them to bardicinquisition at yahoo.com. Also, find me on Twitter at bardinquisition. And if you really enjoy the show and feel like supporting us, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash bardicinquisition. But that's enough out of me. You guys have a good week and keep playing D&D. This podcast contained clips from Crunk Knight, Dragon and Toast, 
and Unwritten Return, all by Kevin McLeod.